This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. This is The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And you are really blessed because this is the date day edition of the program. That means Paula is here. And I know that people only tune in for her, but that's okay. We're one flesh, so I know it's all okay. But we are here to answer your phone calls and answer Bible questions, life questions, anything and everything. If you need encouragement, ladies, especially, this is the day for you. You need only to call us, 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, it's 630-5757. You can email questions by emailing questions at calvaryessay.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen and everything else is hands-free and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. I'm not at all jealous that people like you better than me. I'm used to it. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) <laughs> Everywhere we go, it's like, I say this, I'm glad I'm I'm, I'm hooked up with you, Pastor Ron, because people are really nice to you. They're like, oh, that's Pastor Ron and Paula, but that's Pastor Ron. <laughs> <laughs> so quit it. Well, what's on your heart today? Well, first things first, uh, Carlos from the Northeast Side, um, on Monday, the first Monday of the month, we have the Women's Prayer Breakfast, and you... Um, emailed Pastor Ron to ask for a prayer. And so now I'm waiting for a praise report. So you need to report in Carlos, Northeast San Antonio. Because because you prayed for him. Oh, yes. How's your mom? <laughs> you know, come on, man. People, and it's so funny because I, I, I kind of get on people sometimes because they'll say, I'll go and ask them, I'm still praying for such and such. How you doing? Oh, man, Mama Paula, I, that was answered like three weeks ago. I was like, okay, so when's somebody going to tell me? You know, <laughs> take my prayers back from you. But no, we are, we are thrilled to pray and praying that your mom's doing very well, Carlos. You know, one of the great things about prayer and people knowing that you pray is we get tons and tons of prayer requests. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I personally, mm-hmm. we get tons and tons of prayer requests. Mm-hmm. We're praying for Joe today because of uh, some back issues she's mm-hmm. having. But but we get to pray for people, total strangers yeah. will ask us, hey, will you guys pray for mm-hmm. us? And they know that this audience prays as well. Mm-hmm. So when we get to pray for people, yeah. we, we love hearing the answers. Yeah. A lot of people pray for Reuben and his dad. I mean, you know, just the list is is pretty huge. But, yeah, so we love you guys out there. So uh, praise reports, hello. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
so uh, last night as I was thinking, well, actually yesterday, because this is the good writing. When I'm, when I'm thinking about this show in the daytime, I can read my writing, and it's <laughs> right on the lines, you know. And so uh, yesterday I was just thanking the Lord because um, for I don't know how long, maybe eight or nine months, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit more, um, you know, you, you've been saying that the people of the church, because we weren't, they weren't coming to church, um, we weren't inviting our friends and family and unsaved ones, and that's starting to happen again. People are, are getting saved again because people are bringing their families and their friends to the church, and some are seeing that, uh, oh, you're going to church? Aren't you afraid? No. Mm-mm. Being alone is way worse than, you know, being at church. And, man, once I took the step, you know, once I got the courage to go, it's great. And so you should come, too. So that's that's really beginning yeah. to happen. You know, Paula, one of the best things about our church has always been that people bring tons and tons of friends and mm-hmm. people they meet on the streets. Mm-hmm. We got one guy, Terry, who occasionally calls the program. But but I, I call Terry our stray catcher. I mean, <laughs> he'll go out and, and pick people up in restaurants and gas stations mm-hmm. and in mm-hmm. the little mini markets and things mm-hmm. like that. He and, goes. Yeah, and and he'll he'll yeah he goes he'll make them promise <laughs> they're gonna come. He'll start to okay I'll come. No, promise me yeah, you're gonna yeah, come. Yeah. And so when they meet up here, it's like mm-hmm. old home week. But 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 there there was always unbelievers here, mm-hmm. and that really stopped pretty much during the the epidemic and the the quarantine times, yeah. and all that's beginning to change. Mm-hmm. That you open this door, so it gives me a chance to ask you a question. We I talked about it from my perspective on Monday. Oh, I knew you were asking, what's the worst and the best or no, something? No, no, no. Okay, okay. No. Let me stop interrupting. If you want to do that, I'll ask that next. No, I but, don't want to do that. Um, um, <laughs> your comments on Good Friday and Sunday Easter Sunday services. Oh, okay. So I have that kind of written down on my paper, too. But the... Uh, the Good Friday service, I, I just so many years ago, the very first time, and I think I shared this with the audience once before, you know, we're outside and we're all fellowshipping, you know, hi, girl, you know, glad you're at church, you know, and stuff like that. Knowing it's Good Friday, but as a Christian, as horrible as Good Friday was for Jesus, it's a great day for us because had he not gone through that we wouldn't be saved and so we got a bunch of saved people outside and so excited that we're at church um i mean this is the very first time i was excited to come to church um, and so you know um we get all little papers and we're writing our our confessions and our requests down and then you know you start oh this is serious you know kind of a thing and then you come into the building and it's kind of hushed but then when you come through the double doors and you you hear the pounding of the nails on the cross it's like oh my goodness oh my goodness it's it's almost you can't see that Jesus is there and of course he's not still there but just the sound of the nails and you've always taught put yourself in the crowd put yourself in this story and there's just no way you can not be in the crowd. I, I can't imagine, you know, Mary, his his mother, has watched the beating. Um, she's looking at him probably almost face to face. Um, as you described that the the crosses weren't that high like we see in, in movies. 
you could walk by and the Pharisees and people spitting in his face. How, you know, how did that look? And um, you put yourself in that crowd and, and you're right there. And I couldn't even, I know Jesus wasn't on that cross, but I could hardly look at the cross. And I really wanted to put my hands over my ears so I could stop hearing the pounding as though I was really in the crowd. Um, and so many years later, it's not a whole lot different because you 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 go all the way back and you put yourself in that crowd again um, because I'm saved. And I still know, seriously, putting another thing on that cross because I'll never be perfect, but I'm aiming for perfection. But the fact that Jesus died for my past, my present, and even those things that I don't even know I'm going to do, um, and then and, and taking the hammer and nailing that there, knowing that he's pleased that I bring that to him, man. So that, yeah, and then I'm in a room full of people who are, for the most part, saved, except that I knew previous Wednesday that a young man was going to bring his wife for the first time and that he thought she was ready to give her life to the Lord. And sure enough, that took place after the whole service. And so, again, it was the worst kind of moment and yet the best kind of moment. You know, it's hard to describe the impact. I've, I don't know how many years we've done this, uh, but it's been 15 or 16 years, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, um, it, it's, it's profound every time. And I found myself crying mm-hmm. sitting in the front row. Uh, but I get to hug people. They're all walking by me mm-hmm. as they're going to their seats after kneeling their, their piece of paper to the mm-hmm. cross. And, um, you know, it, it sounds strange, but worship is going on. People are singing. The worship team mm-hmm. is up there singing, uh, but it's really quiet um, at the same time. Mm-hmm. And yet, there's still a line of people down the aisle making their way to the cross. So the the nailing is constant mm-hmm. um, throughout the worship set until until we get like to the end and everybody's in the in the building by then. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just profound. It was like when we went to nine eleven. Uh, to, to New York City on the on the one year anniversary of nine eleven, and you know New York is such a loud place, constantly. And, yeah, loud. and and to be heard, just in normal conversation, you got to be loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we got to Ground Zero, uh, we're a block away, and it was like everybody was whispering. Yeah, and 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 that's that's how it feels in here. Yeah. on Good Friday, yeah. uh, but we, you know our, the place was packed. Uh, people got saved. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I just imagine Jesus smiling on us mm-hmm. and saying, "See, that's mm-hmm. what it was for the for the joy set before me. Mm-hmm. I endured the agony of the cross." Mm-hmm. So uh, that was Good Friday. What about Easter Sunday? Easter Sunday. <clears throat> you stay. I got to be on the worship team again. I have that written down here. So let me just. I know it's coming, but um, the the worship team and the band. We hadn't been back. We hadn't been together for eight or nine months. In fact, the 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 band was so cute because they didn't even let the 
just the singers come because they're like, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know how we're going to sound together. Give us some time to kind of gel. You yeah, know? Jo- Joel, our drummer, <laughs> he was going to stage. I says, it's so good to have you make use. Pray for me. I'm nervous. We're all nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous. I, you know, we had our rehearsals, and I think we did pretty well, you know. But then Sunday, you know, like when you come up on the stage and you turn around, it's like, I said to Jocelyn, my stomach is shaking. You know, we were all so excited to be back. And, and she sang My Redeemer Lives. You know she did. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're so funny because you said the other day, I only make uh, maybe two requests, possibly three a year, or maybe just one or two a year. Well, I think it's two at least. Well, I don't count the Easter one because it's just like a standing thing. <laughs> It's it's not even Easter till I hear Jocelyn sing My Redeemer Lives. You don't think she hears that every year or Pastor Lane every year before he makes the lineup? But see, I don't even have to ask anymore because they know that's just part of it. Uh, Anyway, yeah. So I got to sing on the worship team and and what a joy to be able to look out and, and just see the many people. I mean... Church was packed all three services. There were so many people I couldn't even see. You know, that's that's how you how it is. You're so many I couldn't couldn't recognize all the faces and there are so many people that um are new to the church that because we haven't been having the meet and greet for the longest time, because I used to get up and go every single row, um, not doing that any longer. So I don't even know who all the new people are. And so standing up on the stage and looking at it was like Oh, my goodness, Lord, the people trust you. The people know that fellowship and worshiping. You know, there's some people that I hadn't seen in over a year. And and on Easter Sunday, Paula, there were some who, uh, when they came up to me just to say, thank you for having church, tears flowing. Oh, yeah. The the joy just being back Mm -hmm. for some of them was palpable. Mm -hmm. It was like... Sometimes we don't know what we miss until it's gone. Yep. And that was exactly sort of the feeling mm-hmm. I got. Mm-hmm. And we're aware there's still a pandemic going oh, on yeah. and there's still people who are super sensitive mm-hmm. um, and, and have legitimate concerns. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But um, it was just some of the people that we hadn't seen in so long. Um, it was like they, I, I, like Mary, don't cling to me, woman, you know. <laughs> but it was, they, they and it was just, uh, I, I just didn't think it could have gone better um, to see the joy in people's Mm -hmm. faces again Mm -hmm. um, made my day. You know, I'm busy on Easter Sunday, Mm -hmm. but it made my day. And even though this was a different Easter because it was here, Mm -hmm. you know, we normally would have a couple thousand people and we don't have a place that can accommodate a couple thousand people. Um, But but nobody's renting places out Mm -hmm. because of the pandemic. So we just decided, hey, we're going to do the best that we can. Um, in the facility that we've got, and I just don't think it could have gone any Mm -mm. better. And that Easter, well, that Communion Sunday fell on Easter Sunday, made it uh, twice as twice special, if that's possible, you know. And then then you and I, we got to go eat at David and Kenyatta's house. Oh, my goodness. For Easter dinner. Oh, my goodness. If they ever invite you over, <laughs> go. Hey, now this may sound crazy to <laughs> to you in the audience, but uh, I just feel like right now the Spirit is telling me to ask you to pray. Um, I, my, my church knows this, but I don't think anybody else in the United States knows this. Um, we are in the process of opening a free restaurant. 
Uh, the name of the restaurant from Acts chapter 28 is going to be Unusual Kindness. Mm-hmm. Uh, David and Kenyatta are going to be the primary chefs there. And uh, we're just waiting for the Lord to set the go pedal. But this has been a vision for us, Paula, for, for many, many years. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and the Lord is saying, okay, it's time to do this. Mm-hmm. And so what we would appreciate for everybody out there is pray for us. Pray a free restaurant. You know, restaurants that charge money are closing. Mm-hmm. Because business is tough out there. Um, uh, people say, well, aren't you afraid there won't be business? No, because we won't. We'll charge. We'll lose less money <laughs> if, 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 it's, if people don't come. But, uh, but the idea is, is uh, the, what the vision has been from the beginning that God wants to provide a good place, not a, a, a cheap food line type of, of mm-hmm. place to eat, but a, a restaurant uh, where people can go in, fellowship, be served by Christians. Uh, we got so many people who already are involved in the ministry and want to get involved. We've actually got aprons being made mm-hmm. for people uh, from from our sewing ministry and stuff. Um, um, so we'll keep you informed on what's going on. But we're looking uh, at some point in this year to get it open. And um, we would just appreciate everybody's prayer. The mm-hmm. name David and Kenyatta Jones, mm-hmm. please pray for them because mm-hmm. they're going to head up the ministry. David is a, an elder at our church. Mm-hmm. And they're and, both master chefs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yeah. they're like kids, our kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're our kids. Our, our tall kids. Mm-hmm. And, Looking more like uh, me than you. <laughs> <laughs> And, Just thought I'd throw uh, that so in. It's been really a good thing. So um, I, I'm told I've mentioned this before in the program, but not with any detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all the detail we're prepared for. This is one of those steps of faith where God says, okay, do it. And I'm saying, okay, Lord, I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea, <laughs> no idea. Mm-hmm. How we're going to do this, except, except just like Multimedical and just like our free school and just like Manor House and mm-hmm. the other things God has done. Yes. I know he's going to do it. Yeah. So we would appreciate you for unusual <laughs> kindness mm-hmm. is what you can pray for. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, you know, Pastor Ron, when you talked about even free, you know, us paying for the radio program, I would run into the bathroom. <laughs> Lord, this man you gave me, you know, <laughs> free school. Lord, this man you gave me free medical clinic. Lord, this is the one you gave me. Okay. <laughs> and then now, you know, a free restaurant. It's like, you know what, Lord? Your track record's pretty good. Yeah, and see, that's what I want everybody to see and understand. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow night, I'm going to be able to talk. I'm going to spend the whole message talking about the, the shield of faith. Mm-hmm. And um, you, I, I want every believer listening to this program to trust God to the degree that the next time God asks you to do something, whether it's something small or something huge, something that you say, hey, that can work, or something that seems impossible, mm-hmm. I want you to have seen God's hand move in and through your life so many times that you can't say no. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to say no every time he's given me something impossible to do? Mm-hmm. He's done it, and it's always turned out better than we imagined. Yep. Oh, yeah. And um, that's exactly what uh, unusual kindness is is going to be. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know my second my second thing that I have written down here is hands down, heart open, yielding to God's plan. So that's kind of what I'm talking about, you know, uh, where the Lord's been telling me for so long, Paula, uh, relax, trust me. And so hands down, heart open, yielding to God's plan. And and you know last night, because one of my heroes is Joseph, and I have a very healthy respect for Joseph, but it's growing. Because my other thing that I have written down here 
says, and I, I was taking this very personally this morning. <laughs> you know, you, you're reading the word and, and you want to move on. But someone said, no, go back. Yeah. <laughs> you ever had that happen? <laughs> you're, just, you're reading a few verses, but, you know, you, verse 17 comes, you know. But he's like, no, go back, go back. So I went over Philippians 2, 14 through 16 a couple times where it says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Well, in another version, it says without arguing or complaining. That's yeah, in my com- 1984. Better. This Bible program on this is not the 1984. Like my new Bible that I love. Um, says. But anyway, it says do everything without grumbling or complaining, really, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like the stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And so do everything. And, and you were talking last night with Joseph that though his brothers had um, really been very mean to him, you know, selling him and telling their dad he was dead. Yeah, their, yeah, their intent was murderous. Yeah, so. it, it was. Um, and then uh, it's not fair what they did and it's not fair what Potiphar's wife did and now he's you know in prison the the cupbearer forgets to you know give him a a good word to um uh the pharaoh and he didn't he didn't grumble and complain he didn't get mad at god he didn't give up and say you know if this is how it's going to be walking with you lord yeah. forget it you know, and yeah. so my 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 healthy respect is growing deeper. Yeah, you know, uh, jo- Joseph is human, so we know he he had the same. Well, why is this happening, Lord? I I stood for you. I did what was right. I didn't sin when Potiphar's wife uh, approached me, mm-hmm. and 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 this is this is how I end up in prison. This isn't fair. Then the the cupbearer who I save his life, and and. He's supposed to remember it, and he forgets about me for two years. It says two full Four years. years. Yeah. And, Man, and, you know that was... You know, mm. I, I'm sure he had all the questions, but he never grew bitter toward God. He never complained. He realized that wherever he was, whether it was in prison or in Potiphar's house as a slave before, um, he, he he wouldn't allow bitterness to to cause him to miss out on the grace, the favor of God that met him everywhere he went. And he just purposed in his heart, I'm going to be the best slave or the best prisoner that I can. And I'm going to worship my God. I'm going to serve my God. I'm going to do the New Testament uh, passage, we do all things as unto the Lord. And that's exactly how he lived his life. Mm -hmm. And what we studied last night in chapter 41 was the moment when everything changed. For such a time as this, you like that passage in I Esther. I absolutely do. And we are in the book of Esther right mm-hmm. now. And, you know, in, in the whole book, of course, you know this. I'm not telling you anything. But God's name is not mentioned one time. And yet, you can see his hand. Like, he's the big puppeteer in the sky pulling all the strings. And Esther and Mordecai, Haman, um, they're all just playing their roles that they are not even aware of that God is moving all the strings. And that's how I feel with Joseph's life. And so last night was really encouraging because, you know, we all go through stuff. Everybody comes with a testimony, you know, and a lot of a lot of ladies in particular, because I'm talking about Monday nights, they come with 
they've had either mother issues, their dad wasn't was either not there or he wasn't very nice. And I'm, I'm not talking everybody because there's always, but mm-hmm. a lot more have had it difficult than those who grew up in the home with, oh, my mom and dad, they always loved Jesus. And we kids always knew it, that we were loved by them and by the Lord. That doesn't happen as often as it should. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, ministering, are the leadership ladies here are ministering to ladies who have been abandoned. Or and some, you know, some of our leadership ladies have been abandoned yeah. and abused and, and mis, mistreated as mm-hmm. well. So Used and abused mm-hmm. and not valued at all. And yet, because we've, like Joseph, resolved to know the Lord, and like Paul, forgetting what is behind and pressing on, we're now better able, um, because the enemy still comes along and pokes, yeah. pokes. But we're better able to say, yeah, I understand. I may not have gone through exactly what you went through, but I understand. And Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Follow me as I'm following Christ, and you'll be able to walk as not a victim, but a victor. Yeah, yeah. We are at the end of the first half of the program. We would love your live calls and questions. If you have anything for Paula, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. You're listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. We will be back on the other side of the break. See you in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our date day show, 340-9585. Paula, before I turn it over to you, the passage of scripture from Philippians chapter 2, um, when, when in verse 14 says, do everything without complaining or arguing. Um, and, and then fifth, verse 15 is where it turns, so that. There's always a reason. You know, we, we, we think, well, I have every right to complain. Joseph certainly had every right to complain. But the so that here is that you may become blameless and pure, children of God. We're not already blameless and pure. You know, we're not um, um, uh, bright, shining stars. Um, but we can become that. Simply by trusting Jesus. And Joseph last night, you know, he's in prison. He's dirty. He's smelly. Um, and he's better off than all the other prisoners in, in prison. Um, but but the, the, the jailer comes by with slaves and the doors swung open to his prison cell. And they tack him. They undress him and start bathing him and showering him and shaving him. And, and everything changes. And before he leaves that, that prison cell, he looks like an Egyptian. I mean, he's clean. He's perfumed. He's he's got the eye makeup that we see on the TV programs and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and he walks into Pharaoh, a bright shining star, in a crooked, depraved generation. Mm-hmm. So, so that you may become. But but the the inference is that that for a long time, he did what he did, as unfair as things were. He did it without arguing, or complaining. Yeah, yeah. That's like being at, at the job, and you know you're doing things 
better than your coworker, and yet your coworker gets the promotion, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, you worked with a guy that just looked busy. Oh. <laughs> you tell that story. It, it was, I worked at an industrial brush warehouse. And I'm not an industrial brush kind of guy. Uh, no, I'll just, I know. I'll just say that out loud. <laughs> it was dirty and the work was hard. And they kept putting this guy up. Everybody, you need to work like him. Well, this guy, he didn't, all he could do is he walked busy. Mm-hmm. He never actually did anything. <laughs> But he had all the bosses convinced mm-hmm. that he was the best worker in the whole place because he was never sitting still. And there. He was always moving, you know, he had a lot of activity around him. Mm-hmm. And and uh, he never did anything. And we got so angry, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to tell on him. I'm going to follow him around. I'm gonna... but, but he was the guy that got all the credit, got the raises and promotions. And we're sitting there killing ourselves in an industrial brush warehouse. And... Um, well, let's just say I complained and grumbled. <laughs> grumbled a lot. <laughs> but but see, as, I get it. as believers, mm-hmm. I can't do that now. Yeah. Now I work for me, so I really, <laughs> that would be self-defeating. But, <laughs> but the point is, oh, wherever God's put us, we got to be the best, the brightest, the readiest mm-hmm. uh, in the place. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we become... Shining stars in the middle of a sea of darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Then, you, then, you know, so that do everything without grumbling or complaining or arguing. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. You know, just like with um, Mordecai. He just did his job as far as protecting the king from the two Teresh and Bigtha, you know. He didn't. He didn't say, "Hey, excuse me, pardon me." When is somebody going to acknowledge that I saved the king's life? You know, I don't. It was more than two full years before he had that sleepless night, mm-hmm. where God kind of gives him he can't sleep. And so, let's read the the books, the Chronicles of the Kings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he just so happens to hear you. Did anything happen for Mordecai? You know, Mordecai. Uh, was anything done for him? No, your majesty. <laughs> we need to honor him. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this whole time, for whatever reason, Haman gets elevated, you know, and, and the people are like crazy. What, what's going on here? Why are Why is this edict for us to get killed? But then the Lord says, oh, I got a plan. What did you say the other night? I love it when a plan comes yeah. together. Yeah. That, that was just last night. Time flies. You know it does. Time flies. <laughs> I'm telling you. Paul, let's take a phone call. We got our friend Jeff on line one from San Antonio. Jeff, good to hear from you again. You are on the air. Hey, I'm sorry I'm not a lady calling. <laughs> That's okay. No, I love when you call, Jeff. <laughs> that uh, y'all talking about. Uh, you know, second second chapter of Philippians is like one of my favorite chapters of of, mm. of that book, and and uh, definitely verse in verse uh, three and four, or I th- I think I would say that's sort of my life verse. You know, Mm-mm. I don't know if my, I don't know what Pastor would say. It's kind of like when you, people say they have a life verse. It's kind of like mm-hmm. having those you know um, verse plaques up on your wall and stuff like that because every verse <laughs> should be a life verse, but. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's just some that seem to resonate more that touch, you know, that kind of touch you wherever at, at certain times. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, uh, my question is, is there going to be Paula stuffing at the restaurant? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> I think it's going to be all gluten-free, but really, yeah. really good stuff. <laughs> so that little that little stuffing I make for Pastor Ron is gluten-full. Yeah, and, and there, there will be. Yeah, uh-huh. and believe me, on Thanksgiving and on Christmas, there will be gluten-full dressing. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Everywhere. Well, I don't Everywhere. know what about the restaurant. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Jeff, keep, so, keep, keep us in prayer. That's that's a big step, but we're we're really excited about it. Yeah, did you say it was, it was David and, and, and Kira? Kenyatta. 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 She's actually our kindergarten teacher here at the academy, and uh, David is one of my elders, and we've watched them grow in the Lord. They've been with us for, oh, I don't know, 15, 18 years, watched their kids all grow up, and and, uh, they're master chefs, and uh, I'm just, just thrilled that God brought them alongside they're they're excited. They're ready. Okay, are we ready to go yet? So I keep saying, "Hold on, hold on." Mm-hmm. They're Amen. the ones that make. They're the ones that make me kind of wish I was a little kid, because they're the mm-hmm. chefs for our kids' camps. Everything, oh, wow. everything is made from scratch. Those kids don't even want to come home <laughs> to to their family cooking. They love going to kids' camp because. David and Kenyatta and that staff fix everything from scratch. Yeah. Oh, just a so. side note: I am parked at Travis Park. I'm looking around, and oh, there's, you, no you joy, are. there's no joy of Jesus down here right now. Just, oh, yeah, no. no. Well, t- tell the park, down. tell the park, we miss him. That's something else everybody can pray for. We want the city to give us the right to go back to Travis Park to do Joy of Jesus on the last mm-hmm. Saturday of October of this year. So we'd appreciate prayers so, for that as well. Here's my question for you two, and um, I don't want it to take up a lot of time because I love Esther, and I want Mama Paula to keep talking about that. But I was thinking today about how, you know, with with your testimonies as a as a couple, um, which is so powerful, um, and you're planning to go do the marriage retreat and everything. When, because Pastor Ron, when you got saved. You know, it was it was radical, uh, and you knew within six months that God was calling you uh, to serve Him, uh, you know, full time. When did you guys like really start working with each other to become a team, like in your marriage? And can can you talk about that for less than five hours and maybe five minutes? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's a loaded question, but. Maybe this could be like part A, and next Thursday I'll call you for part B or something. Okay, yeah. that's great. Thank you, Jeff. And you love know, you that's uh, love you, Jeff. Love you. That, that's one of the things we talk about, not necessarily our testimony, but we talk about marriage, the, the marriage retreat that Jesus, that Jeff uh, referred to, uh, is the one that we were supposed to do uh, in February, and it got snowed and iced and then stormed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's rescheduled, I think, for May sometime, Paul. Yep. May, May 20th. Uh, we're going to Oklahoma City or Norman, Oklahoma, I guess, mm-hmm. where we're going. And, um, um, you, Jeff, the, the one thing that I can tell you from the very beginning of my walk with the Lord is that uh, I realized that 
Paul and I were, were not one flesh. That she was doing her thing and I was doing my thing, and that characterized uh, our our walk together. So honestly, the Lord began working on that immediately. Um, I came home one day. We had a family meeting, and family meetings are something that we never had. I sat down with Paula and the boys, and I told them that I I, I met Jesus. Um, I said everything I've ever taught you to the boys was wrong. I don't know what's right yet. But I'll, I'll sort of, as we figure it out, I'll be sure and let you know as I find out. And that's when sort of as a family, uh, God began the process. Um, um, one of the things, that the, the remarkable things that God did was on March 4th, 1994, he spoke to my heart. I was all alone. He said to begin praying for the people of San Antonio, Texas. Uh, we'd never been to Texas, didn't know anybody in Texas, didn't want to come to Texas for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, um, so I thought that was really strange. It didn't occur to me to ask God why I was praying for the people in San Antonio. But on March 4th, I wrote it in my Bible. That's how profound it was. So I was walking on the on a mountain with the Lord uh, at Bible College. And it was so profound, I went back to my room, wrote it in my Bible, uh, still have that Bible, um, I began praying for the people of San Antonio, Texas. And I did that for a couple of weeks without ever even saying anything to Paula. There was no reason. I didn't have any information. And um, the Lord put on my heart, aren't you going to ask me why? And I said, Lord, why am I praying for the people of San Antonio, Texas? And he said, because that's where I'll be waiting for you. And to this day, that's the only instruction we ever got. I knew that meant when I graduated Bible college, we were on the way to San Antonio, Texas. But silly me, I thought, oh, great. You know, every Bible college student wants a, wants a calling. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited. Great, God is going to send us to San Antonio. I know I'm called to be a pastor. Uh, so I went home and told Paula. I said, Paula, God wants us to go to San Antonio, Texas. And her response, we're walking the dog. We're taking a nice walk with our dog. And 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 she goes, I don't think so. And then she sped up so fast. Her and the dog were were like a hundred yards ahead of me in like no time. And and that was really the moment I think that God began working on our hearts together. Paula, why don't you take it from there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because I didn't really, I hadn't really learned how to trust Ron yet. Because um, before he was saved. You know, he just kind of lied a lot. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, no, only when I was talking. Yeah, and so it was like, well, wow, he's been uh, just entrenched in his work and becoming something, you know. And he, and he had, um, and now uh, he's going to be this Christian pastor, and so um, I just the how how we. How I began to um, be united with him is through prayer. Um, the Lord loved him. He's finally saved. Uh, Ron is finally saved. And, uh, okay, Lord, now what? Now what? You know? And so the Lord just said, you just pray that he would become the man that I want him to be, not the man he may perceive himself as or think he should be, you know, because I remember for a while you were saying, I don't even have a style, you know, and the Lord says to me, I'm going to give him a style, you know, 
I'm going to give him yeah. his own style. It, it was a boring one. No. But he gave me a style. Yeah, it's, it's been consistent for a long time. But he gave me a style. Paula, when when I told you that God was saying a San Antonio, mm-hmm. um, it took two weeks of you, you really wrestling before you heard from the Lord. It was three. Three weeks. Because mm-hmm. I was just stubborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... Um, you know, the the one thing I realized is that we had to do it together. And I remember telling you that um, the one thing that we will not do is go before you're in 100% agreement. Yeah. Um, so you pray, you wrestle with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this is what God's called us to do, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to say anything else about it. Mm-hmm. And we'll just sort of leave it there. Yeah. And um, um, you wrestled with the Lord for those three weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, um, that was when God really started teaching us to be a team. Yeah. That was kind of like, you know, to that place where the Lord says, you're fighting me. Don't make me have to touch your hip, you know, (laughs) because I wasn't really wrestling. I was running. Resisting. Yes. I, I wasn't really asking him about going. I was just hearing those scriptures wives submit to your husbands uh, to the Lord, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, I have to submit. I mean, that's how I, that's what I was doing. I wasn't really. Can I, can I say his, one thing? Are you sure you want to do everything without complaining? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's your verse. <laughs> that's my verse. And I took it real personal this morning. Um, and so, yeah. So that was when you said, uh, Paula, just pray. If God is big enough to tell me, he's big enough to move on your heart and, and just pray, we will not go until we're united. That was the best and the worst thing, you know, you <laughs> could have said. But it it did force me to go to the Lord finally and say, okay, I surrender. What What is it that you really do want? And again, you already said this today. When you don't go, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. And so I just can't yeah, imagine. For me, that's a, that's a, the tragedy that we, we won't knowing about anything about till we get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul, there was another thing, and this is for you too, Jeff. Um, when we got to Texas, uh, it was a really confusing, frightening time. Um, I mean, we were exercising, uh, reading the Bible together. We were, um, you know, we had no church. Mm-hmm. I and mean, we couldn't even find a place to live because I didn't have a job. And, and when we finally found an apartment, um, um, I asked the Lord, because I'm confused. You know, you just figure. You have expectations. We're here. Jesus, you said you'll meet us here. So I'm expecting miracles, you know. And and there were no miracles. And I remember one day out running and exercising and just saying, Jesus, it was hot. There were fire ants. I actually ran down a street. There was a snake going across the road. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just thinking, what are we doing here in Texas? They flying roaches. And and I said, Lord... (laughs) You call me to be a pastor, mm-hmm. and there's nobody to pastor. <laughs> and he spoke to my heart, and he said, Paul is at home. Mm-hmm. Go teach her the book of Romans. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until we were through the book of Romans together that we actually began the church. Yeah. And that was, again, God knitting our hearts together in partnership. And there is no other way. If you're in this audience, you think, well, well, I've got my calling, and she's got hers, or, or I've got mine, and he's got his. Um, there's no other way. You're one flesh. Paula had to accept the fact that, that not only was I called to be a pastor, that meant gulp. 
she was called to be a pastor's wife. Yeah. And though she was afraid of a lot, uh, there was insecurities there. God dealt with all those things in the teaching of his word. In the teaching of his word. Mm -hmm. There was one other time, Paula, when I got rebuked very strongly by the Lord. We were teaching a Bible study at Randolph Air Force Base. And um, not a big Bible study, obviously, but we were there in the chapel. Five, six, eight people. Yeah. And one night we went there and there was nobody there. And it was just one of those discouraging things. You know, ministry is hard and starting a church is hard. And Lord, now not even here. Nobody showed up. And I just, so I said to Paula, I said, um, let's go home. And you gave me a look and I didn't, wasn't discerning enough to know what the look was. We went home. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, the Lord spoke to my heart. This is one of the reasons you need to be out with him every morning. Um, um, he said, so tell me what was wrong with the Bible study last night. Why, why did you go home and not do it? I said, well, there was nobody there. And he spoke very sternly to me. He said, Precious was there. Mm-hmm. That's Paula's name. Jesus gave Paula the name Precious. Um, Precious was there. And I had to go back and... And, and ask Paula for forgiveness and promise her that would never happen again. I'm so sorry I failed so miserably. Those are the kinds of things that God takes you through mm-hmm. to make you one flesh, to yeah. make you partners. Partnership yeah. matters more than we can imagine. Yeah. I remember thinking to myself, what am I, chopped liver? Yeah. <laughs> you know, seriously, that night, I, what am I, chopped liver? But um, the Lord took care of that. And the other thing, too, um, is I always felt like, not in a bad way, um, but like I'm the kite string, <laughs> but you're the kite. But it's God who's holding the string, you know? And so God the Father is the head, and then you are the servant under him. And I'm the kite of encouragement, balance, or whatever. You're the kite, kite string. Hey, yeah, wait. Yeah, this I, man you've given me. <laughs> that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Even like with unusual kindness, I, I'm, I'm excited because I know God's track record, but every single time we've taken, you know, the Lord's taken us on a step, there's always tests too. Lord, help me pass the test. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, let's follow where, where we've talked too much. Let's go to Harold on line one. Harold, thank you for your patience. You are on the air. All right, sure. Hi, Paula and uh, Pastor Ron. I, I joined the show this afternoon. Hi, Paula. Uh, right when you made the comment, or you, you had said, I just love my Bible. And so mm-hmm. I was just curious, you know, in what uh, Bible you have. I have a lot of different ones myself. You know, back in the old days, in the 80s, if you had somebody... You know, what Bible do you have? You better have a King James Version, you know, back in the 80s. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I have that, too, and that, and I have the NLT. My last one I had bought on my birthday was in December was the TBS. I, you know, I just I just can't seem to be calm enough just to stay in, in one. I kind of like to compare and everything. And I, I was just curious, what was your favorite Bible? Uh, maybe you said it and I didn't hear it. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind me asking. No, Harold, no, no, no problem at all. No problem. Let, let, me, let me just say this. A Bible that you can read and understand, a Bible that you'll actually open, is the best Bible. Now, there are some that are horrible. Uh, the message by uh, Eugene Peterson and, and um, um, the, the Passion Translation and some others are just horrible. 
But uh, other than that, the NLT is fine. The Living Bible is a paraphrase, but it's a pretty good one. Uh, Paula, you were talking about the, your your new somebody mm-hmm. brought you a, a 1984 NIV. Take, I love her so much. Yes. Anyway, I used to have a, a NIV 1984, and I still have it, but it's in like maybe 27 pieces, <laughs> <laughs> and they're not all all together. And then I think I had an ESV for a little bit, and then I had a New King James version. For a long time. And for a very long time, yeah. And then I still have all of my Bibles. And then I had the New Living Translation. But then I just got, bless her heart, I just got a new NIV 1984. And that's basically what I grew up on. And there's been times, and I know this sounds really bad, when I was even reading the uh, New Living Translation and I would get to something that I had memorized, 1984, and it didn't read that way, and I'd be like, I don't even like this Bible. I know that's probably not right, but I was like, so when I got the new 1984 NIV, which is my absolute favorite, um, then that's what, I, that's what I'm reading right now. So, and, and Harold, one of the things, we're, we're inside a couple minutes here. So, um, one thing, I think everybody should have a main Bible that they're comfortable with. But then if you're going to study deeper, then have different translations uh, of, of, of other Bibles as well. But Paul is talking very specifically about the 1984 edition of the New International Version. It is by far the superior New Testament translation uh, not always so in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and, and it's the one she was talking about. Mm-hmm. And because they're so hard to find, and they're really, really hard to find, uh, a lady in the church um, did a bunch of research and made uh, a gift of one to yeah. Paula just a couple of weeks ago. I call her the treasure hunter. Yeah. <laughs> the treasure hunter. So, again, thank you very much. But, yeah, my 1984 NIV, and I really do love it. Like when I first wake up in the morning, I was like, hi, <laughs> you want to talk? <laughs> Paul, one minute. You want to mention the ladies' retreat? Yeah, the ladies' retreat is coming up, and uh, we're getting kind of full. So if you want to go, it's very reasonable. Uh, Dates? May 6th through the 8th um, at Lakey, Texas, at Alto, is it Alto Frio Baptist Encampment. Mm-hmm. Um, ladies only. Um, Seniors in high schools to seniors, whatever age that says for you. Well, the, the, we're, that's our group. <laughs> yeah, that's our group for sure. <laughs> hey, thanks for tuning in. It has been a fun program for us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this has been The Word to Stand Up for Life. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.